Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hi, everyone. I'm super excited to talk about our book in this series, the book series, The Coaching Habit, Say Less, Ask More, and Change the Way You Lead Forever by Michael Stainer. And I have my guest, Julie Menden, who is a leadership and performance coach, a speaking mentor, and a speaker. And she helps empower people to show up confidently, speak with impact, and drive forward to their potential. Julie, I'm super excited to have you on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. And I'm super excited to talk about this book. So good. Yes, I loved it. I don't know about you, but I have like, a thousand post-it notes. Yes, I've got my tabs. <laughs> and then I made a list of questions that I just thought were so good at the beginning. So very excited to jump in. And for those of you who listen, who are listening, I know many of you may be thinking, huh, I'm not a coach. I work by myself or I'm not a leader or I, you know, whatever. But I want to start off really quick before we dive in, just to read a little note from the author, because I think this really spoke to me as well. And he says, this book is not about turning you into a coach. So don't, you know, click off this podcast yet. Um, He says it's about making you a leader, a manager, a human being who's more coach-like, which means building this simple but difficult new habit. Stay curious a little longer, rush to action and advice giving a little more slowly. It's a fast and practical read, and I think you'll enjoy it, he says. And I did enjoy it. I really felt like this book was like a guidebook for life. I mean, I know many times I've talked to my friends about my business, and they've jumped in really quickly to say, well, you should do this, or you should do that, or don't do this. So I really feel like this is a great book for anyone, but especially if you are managing people, leading a family, or running a business. What did you think, Julie? Yeah, I I completely agree. I actually love that he has that note at the front because I do think if people think like, oh, I don't lead people or I'm not a coach, um, but really no matter where you're, I love how you just use the word guidebook because that's what's really great about this book is it's really practical. There's actually places for you to work on changing your own habits. And honestly, no matter where we're at in life, like you said, whether it's in our career, our business, with our family or friends, we can all benefit from taking more of that coach approach as opposed to that advisor. Yeah, I know many of my friends who are married are always like, my husband always wants to jump in and fix (laughs) it. And I just want him to listen for five minutes. So I just loved the idea of this book and the questions. Some of the questions are just so profound in the book. Um, So I know we both, you know, read the book on our own. This is our first time discussing it. So I'm curious to hear what for you were the most memorable lessons of the book? Oh, that's so, it's so tricky. Honestly, I think just overall the simplicity of 
how easy it can be to just shift our questioning. So I think he does a really great job of even highlighting, oh, you might be tempted to ask Mm -hmm. the question this way, but if you just change the wording slightly, it really opens it up a lot more. And so I think some of the biggest takeaways are really just, I mean, if you were to Mm -hmm. take the, the questions that he has in here. I mean, he, he leads with like the seven, but obviously there's even more hidden nuggets in there. If you were to just take these and use these more in conversations, just really opens you up more. Um, and it helps you come more from a place of curiosity in conversations. And so I think really starting to integrate some of those questions. And yeah. then also there's some like good humor in here too, that I like. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I think one of the things that really stood out to me is that there are, I guess what I didn't realize until I read the book and then I thought about it, there's some stigma to coaching. Like mm. when you think about your boss saying, if they were to say, come on into my office for some coaching, like your immediate, at least for me, my immediate feeling is like, oh, pit of my stomach. Mm. And what he really started off with acknowledging is that most of us are probably not getting good coaching. Mm -hmm. We're probably just getting somebody telling us what to do or telling us how to change. And that's not really the idea of using questions to actually coach people. So I loved that concept. That is such a good point. Yeah, I think there is a misconception around what coaching is and he even distinguishes coaching for performance versus coaching for development. So I think sometimes people say like, oh, when you need coaching, it's because you're not good enough or because you need to change something versus if we really like flip how we think about that. And it's really, it's just coaching is like draw more of you out of you and more of your skills out of you. And so that's a good point that people can kind of come in with this frame of reference that it's one thing when really it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, he he has seven, you mentioned the seven questions. He has seven essential questions because I think many times people struggle with what do I ask to try and lead this conversation without making it uh, well, you need to do this type thing. Um, So he has seven essential questions and I'm going to read them if that's okay. Um, So the first one is the kickstart question. And he describes this as a great way to start the conversation that's both focused and open. And we'll dive into that. The second question is the awe question. And he says, this is the best coaching question in the world. (laughs) We'll talk about that one. And it works as a self-management tool for you and a boost to the six other questions. The next question is the focus question and the foundation question. And those are really about getting to the heart of the issue. So you've got your attention on what really matters. And I love this one, the lazy question. This one will save you hours. Um, Just a spoiler alert. That lazy question is how can I help? Which is really interesting. And then uh, the strategic question will save hours for those that you're working with. And the learning question kind of ties it all back together to that kickstart question as a bookend. And it makes sure that everyone finds their interactions with you more useful and productive. And so I love these different questions. So I thought maybe we would dive into them Mm -hmm. and the first one is the kickstart question. And that really is what's on your mind. So let, what are your thoughts about this question? Has anybody ever asked you that? Yes. And, uh, 
oftentimes I think what he talks about too, and is so important is we underestimate the most simple thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really is a simple question and just get things off. It's like, what's on your mind. And I think, mm-hmm. I know when it's been used on me before, I didn't know at that point, it was before yeah. I was even in coaching. I didn't know that that's what they were doing, but I feel like you, you say that and all of a sudden like the floodgates open and you just like start spilling everything. It just yeah. really opens, well, opens you up. Yeah. And I've been in so many meetings with like managers or direct reports and I go into those meetings and they clearly have an agenda. And when somebody asks what's on your mind, it really does bring out. Sometimes I'm shocked by the answer. It really does bring out what really is bothering me the most or the thing that I feel like needs to be worked on in the organization or business. And I think it's also a clue to the person answering the question where they might not know really what's going on, but that question opens it up to allow that to be explored in a different way a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I would say with this too, like if you're going to start using this personally and start asking people more of this yourself, remembering to that, when you ask that, then to, to hold that space for someone mm-hmm. to answer, because sometimes we're already thinking about, okay, what do we want to say next? Or, oh, they're probably going to say this and we kind of jump in. So yeah. when we ask that question, what's on your mind, it's truly from that place of curiosity. And like, then you actually have to listen to what people say. Yeah. And I think so many times individually, we know already what we know what we need to fix. We don't need somebody to tell us, Mm -hmm. but he goes on with this question to explore that answer by saying, uh, we could look at this from the people side, the project side, or the patterns, I would call that, you know, um, process. And where would you like to start? And I love that way of allowing them to really decide the direction. I'm very operational, so I would always want to look at the the process side, but he may be seeing things or my boss, I'm giving him a he, I don't know why I don't (laughs) even have a boss, but uh, my boss may be seeing it from the people side, but this allows you to really look at the three different aspects, the people side, the project side, and the patterns and explore. We're going to talk about all of them, but where do you want to start? And I love that allowing the coachee, if you will, to guide the conversation. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good, simple way of laying it out too. And knowing that those are all those pieces could be part of it and identifying like it might, it's not just going to be one thing. There might be other things at play here. Yeah. And then when all of those things are fully explored, he suggests moving into the awe question, which I found this one really interesting. And that question is, and what else? (laughs) (laughs) And he suggests you keep asking it until there's nothing else. (laughs) That's that awkward moment when someone just keeps like waiting for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had somebody and what else? Oh, yeah. Anything else? (laughs) Yes. And I sat there thinking there's nothing else. There's nothing else. But then they would just sit there in silence, which is the the key good sign of a good coach. And they would just sit there until all of a sudden it's like, okay, maybe there is more. And you keep talking, you keep talking until you're like, okay, I have nothing else now. Yeah. Yeah. I got it all out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I mean, I'm not married, but I think if I was like in a relationship and somebody kept asking me and what else, I would be like, will you find, will you just stop? I think it depends who's asking it, right? We can get, yeah. we can put the walls up depending on what it's about. I think yeah. also you can really just feel it. This is what I find as a coach with my clients sometimes as I will even tell them that sometimes coaching is frustrating because it's a, you're flexing a very different muscle when somebody's yeah. asking you questions and just like waiting for you to respond. And sometimes you can actually get frustrated because you're like, I don't know. And yeah. that's actually okay. Cause you're just trying something different and we're not used to just like being asked without someone telling us what to do. Yeah. I love that. You know, that's a great point. You know, we're not used to this type of coaching or this type of conversation because so many times, you know, what's on your mind? Oh, well, I can't figure out how to do this. And then the, the response that somebody will give you rather than taking you on this journey of, and what else they'll say, well, here's how you do this. Mm-hmm. And why don't you just do this? You know? <laughs> so I love it. And then after the odd question, after there is absolutely nothing <laughs> else to discuss comes the focus question. And I love this question because I think it's really a deep question. And that's what's the real challenge here for you? Yeah, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. I was going to say, I I love that. I really love it. I actually um, noted this, this one because I've asked it a little bit differently and I'll say, so what's really going on Mm -hmm. for you? Yeah. And sometimes people don't know how to answer that. And so this, what's the real challenge here Mm -hmm. for you? I think there's, it was very intentionally, all those words were intentionally chosen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if somebody asked me that, you know, when I think about the little things, it it could be, this is just frustrating, or I'm frustrated with myself that this keeps happening. It's a really deep question, especially when you sit in silence and wait for the actual deeper response. Um, And one of the notes in here is to stick with questions, starting with what like, what is the real challenge for you rather than why? And when I think about that question, it does change when you use the word why. Why is this a challenge for you? Mm-hmm. It's, it has that judgment. And um, so I really like the suggestion of always starting with questions with what? What are you hoping for? What made you choose this action? What's important for you here? It does change the way that that question is perceived. It definitely does. It's almost like it, just when somebody says like, why, well, why is that? It does. It almost like, I don't know, like puts the hairs up on your back sometimes, depending upon their tone yeah. too. And even if they say it in the most uh, like monotone tone without any judgment in there, it is really yeah. interesting that when you just change that word, you might feel true. You might feel judged a little bit that it's a challenge for you. It's not as open as the word. What? Yeah. When you set a big, bold goal, it's exciting and you're energized. And then quickly, life can get in the way. Sometimes having someone there to hold you accountable, to help you keep dreaming, and to keep you on the path is just what you need to achieve that bold goal. And I am happy to be that person. 
please set up a consult with me so we can get started because your dreams are important. Go to sarahmayer.com slash store where you can see all the coaching packages that I have available to get you started on achieving your wildest dreams. And this, these questions really lead into the space then that leads into coaching. So, you know, the real question sequence, if you're lost or you're like, okay, how would this play out in a conversation? Let's recap kind of the question sequence on that. So you would open with what's on your mind. That's the perfect way to start. And it allows the person to direct the conversation. Then you do this check-in. Is there anything else on your mind? allowing them to kind of share more. And then that's really where you begin to focus. So what's the real challenge here for you? And that really opens them up to the concept or the, the idea of, okay, now we're going to get into some coaching conversations and then maybe what else? <laughs> and maybe is there anything else? And then what's the real challenge for you again, maybe asked? And then he suggests to move on to the lazy question, which I think is so funny because many times people would ask this right away. They would say, you know, maybe not what's on your mind, but they'd say something and then they'd say, how can I help? Mm -hmm. And so the way this sequence sets the tone really opens it up for the person to be open to the next part of the conversation. I don't know about you, but when I've been asked, how can I help? Sometimes I don't know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's really interesting that you highlighted too, is like the sequence and the flow that he points out, because that actually really does matter if mm -hmm. someone says, what's on your mind? And then their next question is, how can I help? Yeah. We might not have gotten all the information from that person. And then also we're kind of more quickly jumping into that advice yeah. Uh, versus giving them more of that chance. That is tricky though. I think sometimes when yeah. people at, when I've been asked that before, like, how can I help? I don't necessarily know what to say. And sometimes yeah. I feel like it's like, you just listening to me talk about this is helpful. Yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes that's just helpful or I don't know how you can help. What do you, what could you help me with? And maybe they have skills or thoughts that I don't even know about, which I think is interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think then it's also allowing people to feel like mm -hmm. they can get that support. Like yeah. at, at that point in time, maybe they didn't really know, but they can at least say, actually, you just like, could you just walk me through this? Yeah. Or could you just listen? Or again, you're really just opening the door when yeah. you ask that question, you're opening the door for people to, to be able to articulate what it is that they actually need so that they don't have to just stay stuck in this challenge. They can actually move forward. Yeah. And going back to that pro people side, project side, or patterns that you may have discussed in the, the kickstart question, it may be, you know, I just don't know how to work with this person. Mm -hmm. Can you help me figure out a way to do that? Or I don't understand this process. Can you help me understand why we do it this way? Or, 
I don't understand how to do this part of the project. And I think that's a great way to allowing the person to say, I am open to the advice and coaching now that we're at this point in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next like question, I, I was going to say line of questioning, but that kind of sounds like you're interrogating them. <laughs> <but> <laughs> The next question is the strategic question, and that really gets to the meat of the what. Um, So one of the questions that they brought up in the strategic question, assuming somebody was talking about maybe overwhelm or burnout, and I love this question, is if you're saying yes to this, what are you saying no to? Oh, that question. It just like gets your, it almost like gets you right in the soul, right? Because you... I feel like when you're asked that, you just said, oh yeah, we're always trading off, right? And yeah. so yeah, that's a powerful question. I love that question. Some other strategic questions were what um, is our winning aspiration? How will we win? What capabilities must be in place? What people must be in place? And these are really strategic questions. And I love that they're questions rather than okay, well, we don't have the staff to do that, you know, or we don't have the technology to do that. It's really leaving it open-ended what needs to be in place. I think with what this is starting to get to, too, and and this is, I mean, you can use these whether you are a leader of teams or if you don't have a team, but you want to grow a team, like you can use these questions in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. I think particularly for leaders, a lot of times when I'm working with um, leaders that part of the struggle is that burnout, is that time management, because people are constantly coming to them for answers. And this is where we start to shift into that, like coach approach as a leader, and you're empowering other people to come up with the solutions. And so you're taking some, you're putting that on them and you're not taking that ownership of having to always have the answers. And so it's like teaching people to do that. And so these questions are really are really getting to that where you're empowering people to come up with solutions themselves. Yeah. And a lot of times they already have the answers. They're really coming to a coach or leader for confirmation and confidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like they're, it's, they're learning to trust themselves and their own, their own ideas. And that takes time. We're, we're, it takes time for us to build that. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And then the last question, I would assume that you would have many strategic questions and conversations around um, whatever the issue may be. But the last question, the learning question, and this is really what ties it all back together. And uh, so he had a couple suggestions. What was the most useful for you? Uh, What's important to capture? How do we move forward with this conversation? I think what's great about this is this is really helping to move forward that action. So it's like you get you get some of the emotion and thoughts behind it. You get into a little bit more of the like strategy and and kind of brainstorming. And this is really helping to move forward that action of what okay, what are we going to do next? And how do you take your insights and put them into action? Yeah, I love it. I think one of the things, you know, when I used to work in corporate America, when they would always do those performance reviews, many of my really great leaders always asked me, you know, what are your ambitions for this year? Or what would you like to accomplish? 
And I would say probably 90% of the time, the goals that they had for, you know, that they had and the goals that I had were very similar. But when I was allowed to articulate them, I was more excited about those goals. When they went into the meeting, I had some not so great leaders. Mm -hmm. And when they went in the meeting, they're like, here's what I want you to do this year. It was like, hmm. And I, I think the structure of this conversation is very similar. If you have a conversation in this manner, it's empowering and it's exciting to the person who's being coached. Mm-hmm. Right. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we're adults and adults in yeah. general, even kids, nobody likes to be told what to do. Yeah. Right? So if you feel like you're being told versus you feel like it's coming from you, it's just a really different shift in your energy and the way that you're going to show up to those yeah. things. Yeah. That is really true. I don't think any kid is like, just tell me what to do. Yeah. Really? Nobody wants to be told what to do. I feel like especially adults because you're like, wait a minute. As a kid, I was told what to do. I don't need to be told anymore. I was bossed around my whole life. Yeah. Good. (laughs) That's funny. So Julie, how did this book impact you? Oh, so good. I mean, honestly, I'm, this is definitely going to be one of those ones that I reread again from like cover to cover, but then also I'm going to have this on Mm -hmm. my shelf next to me because not only as a coach, is it really great to get another way to ask questions, but as you said, it is a guidebook. And as when I'm working with people, like we said, this can be helpful for if you're an entrepreneur, if you're like just personal life, if you're a leader, especially and being able to refer people to this, mm-hmm. being able to tap into this, this book for questions. And actually I'm going to start recommending this to people of, Hey, this is how you can take more of that coach approach to conversations, just to overall communication in your life. So, yeah. so many, many good things. This is definitely one of those ones that's going to be well used. Yeah, I agree. I have so many notes on this. I have like all the questions written at the front and I just think for so many conversations, this is changing for both parties. It's not uncomfortable. You know, like when I think about, oh, I have to go coach this person. It doesn't make it uncomfortable. It makes it really a conversation, but also bringing that to life. So I really liked this book. Um, If you had the chance, though, to ask the author of this book one question, what would it be? Oh, that is a tough question. If I had a chance to ask him one question, what would it be? And it, it I mean, no pressure. I mean, this whole book is about questions. So I know. Make it I a know. Good like, one. no pressure to ask a question <laughs> to the guy who's like the king of questions here. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I would be really intrigued on his process for writing this and how he narrowed down those questions. He actually had said in here that he had worked on this book for years with many different iterations. Yeah. And so I would just want to know, like, what was the process overall like for you to write this? So I kind of double question because then I would say, how did you narrow down those? There's so many great questions. How did you narrow that down? Yeah. Yeah. And I would also I would want to ask, you know, did this come naturally? And then you researched why this was effective or did you research first and then put the framework together? Because I always think it's interesting to see how the how things came about. That's such a good point. We didn't even talk about that. Like, I think what's really cool about the book too, is in a really straightforward and succinct way, they talk about the research behind those questions. So that was really powerful too. Yeah. I'm always curious. Did the research come first or did 
you know, were you naturally this type of coach? And then you researched why it was effective. All right. Uh, If you could summarize the book in one sentence, what would it be? A great resource to help you ask more empowering questions. I love it. All right. And then what other books are you reading? I always like to ask our book club discussion guests what other books they have on their desk. Oh my goodness. Love. I have so many books right now. I am reading multiple. So I am reading the, um, power of one more by Ed Milet. Oh, this one. So good right there. Yes. That's our August book for those of you listening. (laughs) Okay, good. Well, I'm in the middle of it right now. So I'm reading that. I just got done reading think and grow rich. Uh Um, and then I'm also reading the millionaire mind, I think it's called. So I'm in like the money phase of books right now, but there's just so many good ones. I love it. All right, Julie, thank you so much for jumping in, discussing this book. I knew you were going to be the perfect guest to talk about this because you are a coach and I'd love for you to tell everyone what you do with your coaching business, you're a leadership and performance coach, as well as a speaking mentor. And I know many of our guests are interested in speaking. So tell us a little bit about what you do, how somebody may work with you. Awesome. Yeah. And thank you so much for inviting me to be on. It's so great. You have such great content and I'm always a good sucker for a good book. So I so appreciate you bringing me on. And yes, as you mentioned, I'm a leadership and performance coach. So I really help uh, executives and entrepreneurial leaders to really show up more confident in their their lives and their business, and then also a speaking and confidence coach. So really helping uh, women to grow and scale their businesses with speaking. So if those are things you're interested in, give me a follow. I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me on all the things uh, at at Julie Menden. So I'm on LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn, I'm also on Instagram. uh, And I do have a private Facebook group called When Bold Women Lead. And I do a lot of trainings in there. So I would love to network with all of your amazing listeners. Oh, great. Well, everyone, please check out Julie. And I know many of you have goals to become speakers. So definitely check her out. And Julie, thank you again so much for discussing this book. I loved our conversation and I can't wait to start asking some of these questions to our future podcast guests. I think this has been very helpful for podcasting as well. Oh, so true. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, everyone, remember to set and achieve your bold goals. You do not have to work double time. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and review the podcast. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word GOAL to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.